Good evening and welcome to our Bible study. Now, if you have your Bibles, please turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 1 and we're going to read from verse 1. So it's 1 Peter chapter 1, starting to read at verse 1. To God's elect, strangers in the world, scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia and Bithynia, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and the sprinkling of his blood. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come, so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perisheth, even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory and honour when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and a glorious joy. For you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently and with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and the circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing them. He predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves but you, when they spoke of the things that have now been told you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Even angels long to look into these things. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, Be holy because I am holy. Since you call on a father who judges each man's work impartially, live your lives as strangers here in reverent fear. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him you believe in God, who raised him from the dead, and glorified him, and so your faith and hope are in God. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth 
so that you have sincere love for your brothers. Love one another deeply from the heart, for you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. For all men are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fail, but the word of the Lord stands forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. Now God will bless the reading of his word. Let's just pray before we look at those verses together. Our Father, we do thank you again for the opportunity we have here as, as meeting around your word in the knowledge that you are here with us. And we pray that this evening you will speak to our hearts, speak through your living word. We ask these things in the name of the one who is the living word of God, your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. So that's probably um, quite a, a well-known passage from 1 Peter 1. And I just want us to look at it together and see how far we get as we consider these things uh, together this evening. Now, as a nation, we've been living in the hope. Hope that this coronavirus will soon pass and that we will soon be able to return to a more normal way of life. And like you, I share this hope. On Monday... We were told that the nation will go back into a lockdown in the hope that the virus will be contained. Again, I share that hope. The hope is that as we, as or as the vaccination program is rolled out and if the virus is contained, we hope that by March of this year, we will be close to reaching a more normal way of life. And I hope that this will happen. Now these hopes are based on the validity of the information that we have. But because nobody can know the certainty of this information, we cannot trust in the outcome. Therefore, nobody can promise when or even if these things will happen. So, we continue in the hope that we have and that hope that we have, we have to be honest about it. That is what we can call an uncertain hope. Now, my question is, when we reach what we call normality, where will your hope be for the future? Now, before we answer that question, let us see what the dictionary definition of hope is. First of all, it says, a feeling of expectation and desire for a par, for a particular thing to happen. That's the first one. A feeling of expectation and desire for a particular thing to happen. Second, to want something to happen or for it to be the case that it does happen. And thirdly, a feeling of trust. Now, what is it that you want to happen? What are your expectations and desires? And when you come up with those answers, in which of those hopes will you be able to put your trust? Now, we all have things that we 
would like to happen. We all have expectations and desires. And the question is, how much trust can we put in those hopes? Well, here's a bit of good news. There is a hope that we can fully trust. What is it? Where is it? How can we be certain of it happening? Well, we go to our Bibles and find out. And I was thinking of the character Job. And Job went through so much, so much suffering, so much hurt, so much abandonment. But in chapter 13 of Job and verse 15, we read this. Though he slay me, yet will I hope in him. I will surely defend my ways to his faith. This is Job speaking about the... the the trust that he has in God, the hope that he has. Job trusted in the hope and the knowledge that God would deliver him. And Job stayed faithful to that hope. That hope that he had in God's ability to deliver him. We can go to the Psalms. And I was thinking of Psalm 33. And this is what it says in verse 18. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him. On those whose hope is in his unfailing love. You see, the psalmist here, he trusts in the hope and the knowledge that he has of God's love for him. And in that knowledge, he knows that God's love will never fail. Go to Romans 4 verse 18 into the New Testament. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations just as it had been told to him so shall your offspring be so paul there is referring to the the days of abraham and of the hope that abraham had in the promise that god had given him and abraham trusted and believed in the hope the hope that god would keep his word why? Because he knew that God cannot lie. We can go again in Romans, this time Romans 15 and verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. This speaks of the validity of the hope that we can have in God and the power that sustains that hope. Let's go to 1 John, 1 John chapter 3, verse 3. All who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. And here John is speaking of the results of this hope and trust that we can have in God. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 21. This is what it said. Through him, this is Jesus, you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him, and so your faith and hope are in God. So Peter here is telling us that we can be certain of the hope that we have in God because Jesus had has already secured this hope for us. He did that when he died on the cross and when he rose victorious, defeating sin and death. So that's already been accomplished. Now for our time together uh, this evening, I want us just to look at a, a few of these verses uh, in 1 Peter. 
and see uh, where it leads us and how far we can get in the time that we've got. Now, starting at 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect exile scattered throughout the provinces of Pontius, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through the sacrificing work of the Spirit, to be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkled with his blood. So let's just consider these words. You see, speak, Peter is speaking with the authority of, of God. So we have authority here. God, the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent. Those three words, all it means is all-powerful, all-knowing, and being everywhere at the same time. He is speaking God's words to God's people, wherever they are, as he is speaking to us now this evening. Speaking with the full authority of God. And that full authority of God is here in these first two verses. God the Father. God the Holy Spirit. God the Son. So what he has to say to us has already been validated. Now we have spent a lot of time listening to the voices of human authority. Which is right that we should. And it's all been happening during the corona crisis. Now, here in God's word, in our Bibles, we have a greater authority who is speaking to us, those of us who are here now. And the question to that is, will we listen? You see, he is telling us that as Christians, we have grace and peace in abundance. Notice, we have it. It is here. We have this grace and this peace from God, and we have it in abundance. And what are we being asked to do? Well, we're being asked to praise God, praise him for, for what? For the living hope that we have in our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to what we read in verses 3 and 4. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. you see those words? He has given us, we already have it, a new birth in a living hope and also an inheritance that is already there being kept for you in heaven. So we have new birth. We have a living hope. We have an inheritance which is secure. Note the certainty there. Let's go to verse 5. 
who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last times. Now, I know that some of you listening may have had letters from the NHS recommending that you shield yourselves from the result of the infections of COVID-19. That is good advice, so heed that advice. But this verse tells us that if we have accepted Jesus as our Saviour, we have already been shielded by him from the results of the infection of sin. Isn't that good news? Let's go to verse 6 and 7. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Now these have come so that the prove, so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even through the refiner's fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. These verses are telling us of the certainty that Christ will return. And our hope that we have in Christ is based on certainties, based on things that have already been established. Securing these things and establishing them for now and for on into the future. The price demanded for sin has already been paid. The Holy Spirit is with us. Jesus sits at the right hand of his Father. Our names are in the Lamb's book of life. And our place in the kingdom of God is prepared and ready. That is if we have accepted Jesus as our Saviour. When we return to a degree of normality, when we feel that we have the coronavirus under control, I expect that there will be great rejoicing, maybe singing in the streets. But how long will that rejoicing last? Before we put our hopes for the future in something else that at best will only last for a lifetime, let us make certain that our hopes are in the one who has promised us an eternity. That eternity is given when we put our hope and trust in Jesus. You know, I am looking forward to the time when we can rejoice over this coronavirus being dealt with. But here we have been told that the joy of knowing that our sins have been forgiven brings greater joy, a joy that will last through death into eternity. It is a joy that is so valuable that money cannot buy it. And it will be even more glorious when Jesus returns. That's what Peter is saying here in this passage. Verses 8 and 9. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. You see, we already have it. 
This is the certainty of the hope that we have in Christ because we already have it, but what we have will continue to get better no matter what happens to us in this life, even if on a worldly platform things seem to be getting worse. Verses 10 to 12. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently and with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the suffering of the Messiah and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you, when they spoke of the things that have now been told you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Even angels long to look into these things. It's a tremendous few verses there. We live in our day with the results of that hope that the prophets had and that we now live in the reality of that hope in what we have in Christ. Here and now. And as I said, and it will only get better. Verse 13 through to 16. Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children, do not conform to evil desires that you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, Be holy, because I am holy. You know, I think there are wonderful few verses for us to finish off with this evening, and you can always read on in that chapter, and read on from verse 16, and read down, and see what Peter is saying as he speaks God's words to us this evening. But for this evening, therefore the minds, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope in the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance, but just as he who called you is holy, So be holy in all you do, for it is written, Be holy, because I am holy. We are already living with the benefits that we have from that hope that we have in Christ. And those benefits will increase. And one of those benefits is the benefits of us having prepared already a place for us in glory with him. Shall we pray? Father, we live in days of uncertainty. We live in days of maybe worry, not knowing what the future will hold. But our Father, for those of us in Christ, 
for those of us who know you as our Saviour. We are living in the days of that living hope. And that living will go on into eternity. And our Father, we praise you and thank you for this. And we ask these things and we bring these things before you in the name of Jesus, that we might understand them, that we might rejoice in them, and that we might praise you and desire to share what we know with others. Amen.